Welcome to another guest episode of the Health Uncovered podcast, where we will be talking with Dr. Matthew Perry all about physical therapy. Dr. Perry is the esteemed owner of Autoness Physical Therapy, located in the heart of San Diego. He holds a doctorate degree in physical therapy and is renowned for his holistic and evidence-based approach to pain relief and well-being. Dr. Perry's philosophy centers on individualized care, focusing on the root causes of pain to foster active, pain-free living. His expertise extends to patient education and long-term wellness strategies, underlying his commitment to supporting an active lifestyle. You can learn more about Autoness Physical Therapy at antherapies.com. I'm really excited to dive into today's episode because Dr. Perry is a local provider in San Diego that I personally refer my patients to, and we've collaborated so well together. So today in our episode, some key takeaways that you guys will learn is what is physical therapy? What type of symptoms or conditions do PTs have the best success with? Going over the differences between insurance and private PT clinics, some common misconceptions of PTs, and just some fun impromptu questions that you don't want to miss. Okay, let's get to it. Welcome to the Health Uncovered podcast, your go-to podcast for all things health, healing, and what to do next on your health journey. I'm your host, Mercedes Cook, a doctor of chiropractic and a diplomat in chiropractic cranial cervical junction procedures. Each week, my guests and I will be uncovering treatment options and health tips to help you get to the root cause of your health issues. If you're tired of seeing doctor after doctor with no answers, then the show is for you. You'll learn all kinds of healthcare options that you may have not known existed that will help you move forward on your healing journey more confident than ever. I invite you to stay open and curious. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hey, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on the Health Uncovered podcast. Welcome. Hey, Dr. Cook. It is amazing to be on here. I'm so excited. We've talked about, you know, doing something like this in a collaborative way for a very long time. I'm so stoked to be on today. Thank you. Yes. Everybody, please welcome Dr. Perry. First, I would love for you to get into what is physical therapy exactly and tell us how you became a physical therapist. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So physical therapy to me is specifically trying to focus on enhancing and restoring functional abilities, improving quality of life, and uh, addressing those physical impairments and decreasing people's disabilities. I think that's like the best way I can say it in a nutshell. I love that. And what what made you want to go? What made you want to be a doctor of physical therapy? What got you into this work? Yeah, so it's a uh, pretty interesting story. So quick background, I was a a high-level athlete. I played hockey, I played rugby, so lots of contact sports. And so within that, I saw my fair share of physical therapists and chiropractors (laughs) (laughs) due to my own injuries. So I had a little bit of an idea and an understanding. But what really got me into going into the uh, specific realm of physical therapy is Back when I was an undergrad, I was a kinesiology major. I didn't know what I wanted to do, maybe be a personal trainer, maybe do something like that, something in wellness. And uh, I was playing rugby at the time. And 
I was having all this pain down my, down my leg and I couldn't really shake it. I was trying to stretch. My hips felt really tight. You know, it was very distressing to me. And so I, I finally went to the campus, campus healthcare place and uh, spoke with a doctor, got an MRI on my hip and back. And the defining moment for me in my trajectory was after I got the MRI, the doctor came in. He was very saddened and he was looking down at, at the floor, wasn't really making eye contact with me and said, Matthew, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have two herniated discs in your back. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I, got, I didn't know what that meant. I knew that there were discs in the back at the time, but I didn't know anything, uh, anything more than that. So that was very distressing for me. My pain really increased after that upon reflection. And it, I, I felt lost. I, I felt really lost. And so that was one of my big motivators into like, well, what, what do I do about this? And he was like, oh, there's nothing you can do. You can go under, you know, have surgery. I'm like, well, I don't want that. I'm, I was 23, 20, you know, something like that at the time. And so I, I figured that there was probably a better way. And I really got into PT school in a way to, treat myself and learn more about my own body. And then going through PT school, I was able to. And now my back feels better than ever. My back only hurts when I'm sitting, <laughs> if sitting for too long. Yes. Um, I'm able to lift and do all the things I, I want. So, you know, it was, it was a long-winded story, but, you know, that's really, really what started, started that whole journey into physical therapy specifically. No, I, I love that. I love when providers sort of kind of have something happen to themselves and they have to go find answers and they want to be knowledgeable about how they can potentially help themselves. I really feel like providers who do have that experience are super compassionate with their patients and want the same things for their patients. So that's really cool to hear. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, can you tell our listeners, like as a PT, what are the most common things that come into your clinic and what do you guys have the best success with treating? That's a great question. So with our particular practice at Autonomous Physical Therapy, we really try to get active adults between the ages of about 45 to 60 who love working out, who love running, who, who love doing all of these things, maybe weekend warriors, maybe more competitively getting them past their injuries or discomfort and really trying to alleviate what happened to me, which was my path of, well, do I just need surgeries and injections for the rest of my life? Or is there a different way? And so a lot of our clients want to avoid those things at all costs. They just don't necessarily know the avenue to go to alleviate their symptoms. And obviously in our healthcare, current healthcare system and model, it's much more rehabilitative than preventative. And, you know, we're, we're trying to do what we can at Autonus to change that. Yeah, for sure. I know I personally send a lot of my patients who have like hip issues and low back issues to you guys. Do you guys have like a certain specialty or do you have things that you feel like you are kind of an expert at treating? Give us some examples of like the types of things that you see coming into your practice. Absolutely. So we predominantly see shoulders, hips, knees, and low back. Of course, I love treating the low back and I love working with people. Yes. Because uh, with low back issues, because it's, it's such a different 
tissue than other things. You know, see, people cannot use their shoulder and, you know, just use their other hand, right? You can't not use your back. Right. <laughs> Whether you're laying down, sitting up, you know, backs hurt all the time. And so as far as what we treat, you know, I, like I said, you know, that hips, knees, shoulders, and uh, low back are our favorites. And we've had the most success with. Yeah, that's awesome. And so one of the things that, you know, from sending patients to your clinic, can you kind of describe to us, like I have referred people and said, hey, I really think you'd benefit from PT. And they're like, oh, well, I already, you know, I went to my primary, they sent me to PT, but it didn't really do anything. Do you feel like there is a difference between going to a PT in a private clinic setting versus just kind of through our traditional insurance model or like at the hospital? Are there differences? And if so, what what do those look like? Yes, uh, absolutely. And within our traditional medical system, and I want to be very careful because I don't want to disparage that system. That system works very well for uh, a lot of people with maybe minor issues, right? Those people, th- those clinics can house hundreds of people a day, <laughs> whereas our clinic is one-on-one. And, you know, max, you know, our, our clinicians are seeing maybe seven or eight people a day at absolute max. But, you know, the, the big uh, differences are, I would say, it starts from initial contact with us. With our clinic, we want to build rapport with the client and make sure that they not only are we a good fit for them, but they're a good fit for us as well. And all of that's outlined on that initial interaction, that initial phone call. And people want to feel heard. In the typical medical system, they're not. And that's just just how it is. Wish it could be different, wish it was different, but they're typically not. The doctor, the medical doctor never looks up out, out of their clipboard at you when you're talking about your knee knee issue, right? Sure. <laughs> and then I know you've you've seen you've seen a lot of that. And and when someone finally feels heard, it's like, okay, cool. Now we can unlock a lot of other things and get to the root cause of their issue, which is that next thing. We want to get to the root cause. We don't necessarily want to treat symptoms. We'll treat pain and want to make it a comfortable experience for someone, but we don't want to put band-aids on the problem. And I don't feel generally in the traditional medical model, the clinicians even have the time to really dig deep into what's going on and maybe why that's affecting the person's life. So us really spending the time with our clients to to uncover all the things, because who knows, it could be, you you know, you're 40 years old, you fell off your bike, or maybe we're in a car accident at 15 years old. And and now you're experiencing these symptoms, right? I say the chicken's coming home to roost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? All the wear and tear, right? I'm going to sure feel it, you know, after playing hockey and rugby in 10, 15 years. I'm already feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I say the last thing is really goal setting together between the clinician and the clients. I've been in the traditional medical system a bit in my internships and those types of things. And yeah, we establish people's goals, but it's not really their goals. It's our goals that we're posing on onto them. Oh, my shoulder hurts. Okay. Full range of motion then. It's like, well, but they want to play tennis. So they don't only need full range of motion. They need strength as well, for instance. And so those are a few things I would say really sets a private 
physical therapist and just defining terms, we'll say maybe a performance physical therapist versus a general big box physical therapist. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but there's been a couple of times where I've had patients tell me that you know, their doctor, rec- really they need PT for their shoulder, let's say their shoulder and their neck, but they have to go to two different appointments because one is just for their shoulder and one is just for their neck. They can't treat them together. They have to do basically separate protocols, which I was like, what? Why, why don't you just go in for an appointment and they treat kind of the whole body or like, as you know, which is one of the reasons why I love your work as a physical therapist, just because you're having pain in your shoulder doesn't mean it's coming from your shoulder. It can be referred from other areas. So you need to kind of dig deeper, like look at certain, like look at the body as a whole versus where the symptom or the pain is coming from. So I found that really interesting. And so in in my mind, one of the benefits of working at a private clinic that may or may not take insurance is, you know, you're not bound by what insurance tells you to do. Like you don't just have to treat the shoulder on that visit. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And so, yes, the traditional physical therapy medical model, you have a referral for the shoulder. You can't really go beyond the shoulder. And that's, in my opinion, such a disservice to the client because I know you see as an upper cervical chiropractor that there's a lot of involvement and a lot of interplay. And you've worked on someone's neck exclusively and that's fixed their shoulder problem. And so again, as, as far as treating root causes, our ability to treat the person as a whole instead of in a segmented hip or shoulder really allows us to not only help the patient in a more holistic way, but also gives us better outcomes because we're working on the whole thing. An example is, it's an extreme example, but I'm sure you've seen on Instagram or whatever, the the viral videos that someone had shoulder pain and someone manipulated their big toe and fixed their (laughs) shoulder. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying we, I'm not saying we do all that. (laughs) However, you know, we always laugh to say, you know, it's all connected, but, but it is, right? It is an entire system. And so maybe it doesn't always go down to the big toe, but maybe it is your torso, your thoracic spine. Maybe it's your lumbar spine that's contributing to some of your shoulder issues. Yeah, for sure. So that's one, just one great thing I think that's important for people to know out there. Like if you have went to a physical therapist before and it was just kind of your traditional in the traditional healthcare system model, which is completely fine. And if it helped you, amazing. But if it didn't, knowing that trying a different PT method potentially could be, you know, life changing. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Correct. You know, we hear often that, you know, oh, I went to physical therapy and it didn't work. Or I went to a chiropractor and it didn't work. Yes. Well, that might be missing the boat a little bit because there's a lot of different types of practitioners out there that can really help. And so similarly, our clients that we refer to you and that we've actually seen from you, you know, they were talking about, oh, my my low back was hurting and Dr. Cook uh, realigned my neck and it fixed my low back problems. Yeah. Just another example of how everything's connected for sure. Now, are there any, like, I feel like in every profession, there are definitely common misconceptions of what people do or how they do things. So with physical therapy, is there any 
common misconceptions that you hear a lot or things that you get from patients where you're like, oh no, that's actually not, not what we do. Anything like that. Yeah. Um, first of all, and I might get in trouble saying this, but it's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Go ahead. That's all good. It's all good. First of all, we're not necessarily your grandmother's physical therapist, right? We're not, and what I mean by that is we're not necessarily the place that you go if you don't want to move, if you don't want to exercise, if you want to use the little kink weights, you know, for all of your exercises and things like that. No, we we want to load you in an appropriate, of course, appropriate and skillful manner because it doesn't matter if you're 15 or if you're 65, you're going to have to pick up groceries at some point. And grocery bags are heavy. And now that grocery bags cost money, <laughs> we're getting fewer of them. So they're getting even more loaded, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> so, yeah. so we have to build you up back to those things, right? And just like a, you know, a football player, you don't train for four quarters or a full game. You train for five quarters, get game in overtime so that you are set and settled for, for the game. And because if the game's more demanding, you're okay. And so I would say as far as loading our clients in an appropriate manner, ones who want to move, that's a big misperception, misconception of physical therapy. The, you know, the other thing I would say is it's, we're not just for injuries. I think that's a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm not injured. Why would I go to PT? Well, that's a great thing. We love, as I said before, want to be preventative instead of rehabilitative, don't we? Well, we all do. And so let's keep you moving well. Let's keep that ache, and that's just an ache, not an injury yet. Let's keep it that way. Or obviously get you fully out of that ache before it becomes the things down the line and before it becomes torn and you are in surgery and all of those, all those things we don't, none of us want. Yeah. Right? Um, thinking of other, you know, ways that, you know, PT is kind of portrayed in the, in the movies where, you know, it's the PT kind of with the, the gate belt, you know, the little bell that goes around your, your waist, you know, kind of lugging you around all over the place. You know, that's not really what a lot of PT is or at least what PT can be. No. Yeah. And like, just as an example, I, before I had ever went to a PT, I just kind of had in my head that like, Again, some of them are like this and it's it's not right or wrong. It's just sometimes you can go to a PT and they'll like put a TENS unit on you. They'll put an ice pack on you. They're doing things to kind of reduce pain temporarily, but they're not doing a lot of like, okay, well, let's try to work in some mobility, work in some strength to kind of get you to your long-term goals. So exactly what you said, like, I think there's all different kinds of physical therapists out there. And just making sure that the provider you're working with aligns with like, what are, what are the goals? And just because one PT did not work out for you, that's okay. You just know, Hey, that style and how they practice was not for me. And that's okay. But there are other ones out there that, that will, you just have to find someone that will sit down with you, tell them your goals. And hopefully they will be honest in saying, Hey, great. That's what we do at our clinic. We work to get our patients from here to here. So just, just great to be open with people letting them know like what what you can do or what you can't do and knowing like when to refer. So it is true. Like sometimes what's portrayed in shows or movies or TikTok is not is not necessarily what it really is, right? So good point. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we we, we just want to help people 
uh, as best we can if they're a good fit for us, or we'll point them in the right direction if we're not a good fit. I mean, I, I think that's the mark of any ethical healthcare practitioner, right? No, for sure. If we don't work often with pediatrics and, you know, two-year-olds, then no, we have no business doing that. We want to refer them to the people who specialize in that. And that's what's great about our provider network that we're building is just that. Oh, I've, or I'm not the best person to help you. So let me get you to someone I know, like, and trust. Yeah. For sure. Someone who's treated my wife like yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I was going to give the example. I really like what you said about even being preventative because I know when my husband was dealing with a low back issue and I sent him to your clinic, you know, even when he was better, like it was, you just kind of tapered off the sessions, but he was still coming in to try to build up strength to basically prevent this issue and the pain from coming back. Right. So I'd love for you to talk. I feel like this is one topic that it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's chiropractic, PT, any sort of healthcare um, that you include in your life. But when it comes to the preventative side, that's just something that we're lacking. And I think it's just a little bit lack of education, right? Because if you don't have symptoms and you don't have any diagnosis at the time, then that just means everything's fine. And of course, we know that that's, that's not true. But we're just taught that like, you know, you don't go to the doctor, you don't seek something out unless there is a problem. And so can you talk a little bit about like what it looks like to be preventative with PT? What do some of your patients do like to be proactive and how like how has that changed their life or helped them? Yeah, uh, that's a core focus, like you said, of your practice as well as well as ours. And I guess the best way I can describe it is with our three-step process. And so we have a recover, restored, advanced, different phases of someone's rehab. The recover phase is where most people find us. Ouch, Matthew, this hurts. Make it not hurt anymore. Okay, great. We can do that. We can address that just a few sessions and you won't be in as much pain. But there's so much more to that, right? And it's treating the whole system biomechanically. And that's in our... Uh, our restorative phase. And how do we continue accelerating that recovery and building you towards lifelong resilience? And that's where we start transitioning to our advancement phase. And that's when we have these check-ins, just like you check in with your, your medical doctor or have your one or two dentist appointments a year to make sure your teeth are healthy. Why are we not doing that with our own bodies? And what a lot of our clients are uh, have come to realize is, oh yeah, this isn't just a fix the shoulder and go kind of thing. If I want to be doing the things I want to do later in life, I need to be doing frequent check-ins with my chiropractor, my physical therapist, with both of them, all of that in order to make sure I'm not only living into 65, 70, 80, but I'm thriving at that time too. That's what we all want, right? We want to be 90 years old and running around, thriving. At least I think that's what most of us want. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to be able to do a somersault at <laughs> 90, 90 years old, pop on a trampoline, right? Right. But we limit ourselves and say, oh, well, I'm getting older, so I'll never be able to do that. That's not entirely true. Yeah. No, for sure. I would love to, unless you have any other more misconceptions you want to address, 
I'd love to just kind of open it up to you. Those were the main questions that I wanted to know and I wanted my listeners to know about physical therapy in general. But what other topics do you want to get into? Like what other things excite you or you want people to know? Let us hear it. Well, maybe let's start with a discussion of imaging and things like that. Oh, okay. And this isn't disparaging imaging or the need for it. It's more the, uh, we'll say, potential over-reliance on it in the traditional medical system. Yeah. I know it's your show, but can I ask what are your thoughts on on what I was just saying about the... (laughs) Okay. So let me make sure I understand. You want to know my thoughts on just the utilization of imaging in general? Utilization and the potential for maybe over-utilization where people become, you know, become their MRI because someone told them that it was this and it's going to be like that forever. And that's the worst thing they've ever seen, you know, th- those types of oh my gosh. scenarios. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think personally as a practitioner, and you know this with doing upper cervical, you know, I utilize imaging on every single patient. If warranted, of course, there are tests to be done beforehand to make sure that it is necessary. But I think imaging on one hand is extremely extremely valuable, mainly because to try to guess or just assess someone and and try to do a couple of therapies to see if it works, again, it may or may not work. Like imaging is just one tool that we have that can kind of open up our eyes to, okay, did somebody lose curvature in their spine? Does it look like they have a disc issue? Again, just one tool. And so personally, I do think that it is really valuable. What I don't think is valuable is when we go to our doctor and they do an image of your neck or your low back and you're in a lot of pain or you're having symptoms and they say, well, everything looks good. So, you know, we don't really know what to help you. And the issue is, is unfortunately with imaging like x-ray, MRI, unless it is a surgical intervention, a lot of our a lot of the treatment options, like they don't really have any. So I think people are kind of left feeling defeated once they get imaging because they don't, they're not necessarily connected with the right provider to help them, which is unfortunate. And hopefully one of the points of this podcast is so when someone is listening and they're like, oh, you know, I got this lumbar MRI and yes, there's disc bulges. Yes, there's this, but I'm not a candidate for surgery. And, you know, my doctor didn't really give me any options, then we can say, well, actually, no, there's lots of options. This is what you can do. And going and seeing you, like an MRI is not necessarily going to change how you treat. It might determine some of the exercises potentially, but I don't think it's necessarily going to determine like what, what the diagnosis on the MRI says is not necessarily going to make or break your, your treatment. So that was kind of a long way to say like, I think it's valuable, but I also think that unfortunately, depending on the provider that you get the imaging done, if they only have one answer for you, potentially surgery, you may not get the answers that you're looking for. That makes sense? That really does. Yes. And for the listeners here, I do know uh, Dr. Coates' practice very well and you know, specifically brought it up because I, I know you do use imaging. And so it was very beautiful the way you said that as using imaging as a tool and not as this comprehensive, you know, this is the person you are and you're broken. And I think where I was saying before with the typical healthcare system, with the over-reliance, you know, we're, we're really 
just taking a still image of somebody, telling them they're broken, as you were saying, and saying, good luck. I'll cut you next week if you want, but otherwise, (laughs) you know, good luck with the rest of your life. And it's so, it can be so uh, impactful and so traumatizing for people who are seeing this picture. And so I think it's semi-unethical and I'm going to get in trouble, I know, (laughs) to, (laughs) they'll cancel me, to take a, an image of someone, tell them how messed up they are, not offer them any tangibles. No, for sure. It's terrible. And we see that all the time. Well, this was the worst shoulder the doctor ever saw. And, you know, he took an MRI. See, this is, this is how it is. It's like, okay, like I get that. But, you know, about three times a week, we'll get someone who said it's the worst, their doctor said it was the worst shoulder they've ever (laughs) seen in their life. Right. So we're planting the seeds, which are (laughs) very problematic. And contrasting that obviously with your practice where, you know, where you're, you're taking an image and then you're applying it to something. This is what it is. And this is how we're going to treat this. And we're going to get you some relief today <laughs> or, or later this week. Yeah. You're not leaving people out to dry. Yeah, for sure. When I, on this topic, I'd love to ask you, because I know like in your PT clinic, you don't necessarily do imaging at the clinic, but I'm sure there may be times where if someone doesn't have imaging or if you want to see something, you might like refer them out. So does that happen quite a bit or are you guys more, do you feel like people come to you with imaging already or what does that typically look like? Obviously always depends and depends on the severity of the condition, but you know, physical therapists, we at least have the tools, whether we implement them or not is one thing to really do a lot of diagnosis with our hands. We can see and feel a lot of things. And I'm not saying uh, this doesn't apply to fractures. This doesn't apply to tumors that might be going on in someone's someone's neck. Uh, what I'm talking more about is I have a mechanism of injury, which means I was running a race and I fell on my shoulder and now my shoulder hurts. Can you help me? And the answer most of the time in that situation is yes. You know, we don't pretend to know it all or have all the solutions. You know, if we don't see the progress we're looking at in the first week or two, then we know we might be missing something. And that's when we maybe get more of a, a comprehensive understanding, you know, through an image. But from a physical therapy perspective, you know, an image is a, is a still picture in time. It doesn't, to us, encompass how they're moving and what led them to that rotator cuff tear. And that's, that's really important because then we're also not planting negative seeds and, in, in, you know, into people's head with then no solution to the problem and being, you know, exactly what I said was, uh, un- I feel unethical in the healthcare system. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, totally. I love how the way that you asked the question, it made me think that we might not be on the same page about it, but we, we totally are. And just like the awareness of like if you're going to recommend someone do imaging or you're going to look at it, think about the possible, like what are the outcomes that could show up on this? And do I have options for this patient? Even if I do imaging of someone and I see something and I'm like, oh, this is not an upper cervical case, or there might be other things you need to do before you need to work with me. And so having that knowledge and knowing when to refer them out, regardless of what profession you're in or what kind of provider you are, I think that's something that everybody could do a better job at instead of just looking at an image and because you don't have an answer or like you don't have a treatment for them, just telling them, well, you know, 
this is just what you look like and this is just how how it's going to be, right? So, very interesting. Let's look at, you know, I don't mean to get too existential, but let's like look, look at society and what society's telling us, right? You know, people say um and everyone has their own beliefs and all of those things, but you know, God is the first person and then maybe a medical doctor or football on the second, <laughs> you know, the second <laughs> things we <laughs> depend on who you are. Yeah. My point being, you know, we hold uh, medical doctors, particularly them in very high regard. So the things that they're saying, we are taking a lot of stake in. And that's something that I think the medical community needs to be aware of is that power, right? With great power comes great responsibility as I think that's Spider-Man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> and so being aware of that. So when you're saying something to someone, maybe you're trying to be empathetic or, or trying to relate to them by saying it's the worst thing that I've ever seen, or, you know, it's, it's this or it's that, the seeds were planted. So for sure, let's just make sure, you know, we're, we're doing more good than not good, particularly when it comes to things we hold very dear to our hearts. Yeah. No, I know. It makes me sad when someone does come in and they're like, look, you know, my doctor, she did MRIs, did all the the imaging, and he basically said, all of my discs are compressed. There's nothing I can really do unless I want to do surgery. And it is unfortunate because, again, not that surgery isn't necessary sometimes, right? Sometimes it can be, but there are other things to try and people can get relief through other things. And so just encouraging people just because, you know, your medical doctor didn't necessarily refer you to this provider doesn't mean that you can't get help. It just might mean that because of how our healthcare system set up, you might have to be your own advocate. You might have to seek out providers yourself and interview them, see if there is potential out there. Like I just want, I never want someone who's told that their imaging is, like you said, the worst that the doctor's ever seen. So then they just don't do anything about it. Like that's the last thing that. I want people to do. Absolutely. You know, we it's amazing in society, and this is not a judgment on anyone's thoughts or beliefs or anything like that. But when we're looking for a new TV, for instance, right? Most of us are all up on online looking at, oh, okay, this one has, this one's 8K, this one has a million pixels, this one has like whatever. And we do all of this research. But when it comes to our own bodies, you're like, oh, you know, person said that's just how I am. So that's just how it is, right? Like, no, like do the same (laughs) to your due diligence. I mean, it's a shame we have to do that. But I mean, that's the thing. If the guy at Best Buy or the person at Best Buy said, oh, you should get this TV, you're gonna be like, "Mm, I don't know. Is he trying to like, are there some other motives or some other thoughts? You know, does the person really know what they're talking about? Get a second opinion, right? And go outside of that, assuming, you know, you really care about all of the options, which I think I think most people do. I always assume the best in everybody. For sure. Kind of going into the next thing, you we kind of mentioned it before we started, but I would love to get your take. And I'm sure other people listening, especially other providers would too, because we connected on this when we first met each other. But sometimes between chiropractors and PTs, there's like this little competition, if you want to call it that, or it Like some chiropractors think that, you know, they can do everything. Like they address the spine, they do all the PT, like they do all the things. And that may or may be true. And then same thing, like PTs, some PTs kind of have this thought that, you know, you don't need to see a chiropractor. Like I do everything that they do. And so I would love 
just your thoughts in your career so far as being a PT, like how do you see chiropractors and PTs working together? And do you even think that it's it's necessary? That's the uh, age old age old question, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe the public doesn't understand it, but yeah, I know. And I would even say more than some. I would say a lot of PTs and a lot of chiropractors feel that either their modality is better or that it's better, definitely better than the other person's, the other settings thing. And first of all, there's tons of people who can help people who don't even have any credentials whatsoever, (laughs) right? Or or don't have a doctorate, don't have, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, in in relation to the chiropractor versus PT debate, I I think it really comes from one insecurity and and scarcity where it's like, oh, this is my clients. I don't want to give them up because what if they leave? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, you know, if you're a good clinician, they're going to find value in what you're doing. So, and if not, you know, whatever, maybe go do some work on it and, and, and that kind of stuff, provide more value. But to answer your question, you know, I, I think it's very um, erroneous how these disciplines feel about each other. There's no reason to do it. And it comes at the client's cost because we're not getting them to the right person because of our own feelings and beliefs on on other disciplines, right? No, for sure. Yeah, do you agree with that or what are your thoughts? I definitely do, and I figured we kind of aligned on this, but it's interesting to see because and I I'm just speaking on behalf of what I do since I do a specialty within chiropractic and upper cervical, like I know what I do and I know what I do really well at, and then I also know the areas that I don't help with and that you having an extremity issue or needing rehab and knowing what exercises to do and how and how to strengthen things like I'm not your girl. I do not know what to tell you to do for that. And so I have a very high standard of do what I can do for my patient and then recognize when they need to be referred. And it's amazing to have someone like you in San Diego because I do get to refer my patients to a trusted physical therapist who I also know values, you know, chiropractic and like what we do separately. So I think it is unfortunate when there is sort of that like PTs not liking chiropractors and and vice versa. But in reality, we all have our place. We all have what we help with. And I think people, most people, when they have an injury could probably benefit from seeing both providers in general. So I think it's really cool to be able to to work together. And, you know, just as an example, I started seeing a patient this past year and she was seeing great results. She had seen other chiropractors, other PTs, you know, her whole life, but she wanted to try upper cervical. She was feeling great. And then in the midst of the year, she was having a lot of strain in her back and in her low hips. And I just recognized, you know, this isn't a spine issue. Um, this is more of a soft tissue. She definitely needs some rehab because this is it's not going away. And so that's when I referred her to you guys. And now, like I told you before, she raves about your clinic every time she comes into my office, which is awesome. But she's so happy because she is building like what she told me is, yes, the pain's going away, which is important to her, but you're also helping her build up strength and like prepare her for her future. Like she wants to run around with her grandkids. She wants to be able to go on long walks with her husband. And if I would have been selfish and just said, look, all you need is a chiropractor. All you need is to just keep staying in alignment. Your problem will go away. You know, she would have been really frustrated because her problem wasn't going to go away. 
And so I loved that I got to refer her to you. And now she gets the best of both worlds and she feels great and she's happy. So that's really what it's all about. Like we all have our place and we all have our specialties. So we do what we're really good at. And then when when they do need something that we don't offer, then we know, great, let's send them on over to to Dr. Perry and make this happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's about, you know, as you're saying, you know, that's true patient-centered care. We're putting the patient in the middle of it as opposed to putting ourselves and our egos and our imposter syndromes and all of the other things like in in the middle of, of this person's care. And so, you know, when we're able to collaborate, really, really magical things can happen. And I was speaking about the scarcity, you know, kind of thing to my clients or like, whatever, I can fix everything. When we do those things, the ability for us to truly build trust in people when we're not solving their problems is significant. Like you referring that client or us referring that client to you builds so much more trust within the client. And, And now when we say, oh, you know, you might have something else going on. The client's like, oh my gosh, okay, cool. I totally trust you 100%. Whatever you say, you know, this is what I need. So like, I think it's ironic because, you know, the scarcity by trying to hold on to people decreases the trust and decreases the rapport and decreases all of that. Totally. I, I absolutely love that. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Okay, Matthew. Well, I have loved this conversation. Can you please tell everyone that's listening that they want to follow along and learn more about you? Like, where do people find you? Do you Instagram? Where can my listeners look you up? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, my company is AutoNest Physical Therapy, committed to your autonomy, happiness, and wellness. Our goal is to treat ourselves out of a profession. I know it's a lofty one, but that's still uh, one, of, one of our internal missions. Love that. You can find us on uh, Instagram if you just Instagram uh, Autoness Physical Therapy. That's A U T O hyphen N E S S. You can find us on all the socials. Uh, we post to a lot of different things. I'm always trying to provide as much content as possible, just free stuff. If you like it, cool. If not, that's cool too. Also, we have a whole free learning seminar on our website. The broadcast of this podcast will probably be Autoness pt.com. We're changing some things up. So yeah. Uh, Also, we'll put our number, email address, all that kind of stuff in the credits here. If you have any questions, concerns, if you liked, you know, some of the things we were saying, if you didn't like or disagreed with some of the things you were saying, like, I'd love to have more of a conversation because we're all learning and trying to be better. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And all of Dr. Perry's info will be in the show notes for you to check out. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you later. Thank you so much, Dr. Perry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this information was valuable and that you share it with a friend or family member who is struggling to find answers to their health issues and they want help moving forward with their healing journey. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow me on Instagram at drmercedescook. To request a consultation to work together, head to UpperCervicalSD.com. I appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to seeing you here next week to dive into the next topic together.